Sales win rates have plummeted to a mere 17%, and outdated technology and tedious manual processes are to blame. Meanwhile, managers lack the visibility they need to hold their teams accountable. But imagine a world in which these crippling issues are solved automatically. Revenue.io automates the most frustrating parts of sales so reps can focus on what they do best, selling. Completely automate pre-call research, logging conversation data in your CRM, writing post-conversation recap emails, and prioritized outreach. And as reps book more meetings and close more deals, managers gain the real-time insight they need to scale what's working across their entire team. Ready to say goodbye to tedious sales processes and watch your win rate soar? Head over to revenue.io to learn more. I'm going to throw something deliberately provocative at you both, though. If that's as provocative as we get, I, we're, we're staying pretty mellow today. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to this week's RevOps podcast episode. I'm Alistair Wilcock with Revenue.io, joined here with Howard Brown, founder and CEO from Revenue.io, and Karen Steele, our special guest. Karen, you come as a former CMO, executive from companies like Lean Data, VMware, Marketo. And in our last conversation, we really connected a lot of dots around the customer experience and how essential the buyer journey is to mapping and building a RevOps organization. We kind of said to everybody, look, inside that is going to set the tone for the organization. It's going to set the tone for the structure and the people within the business. But we didn't get into too heavily is, look, if, if we were to build this today and you were to go out there and add in certain roles to the organization, uh, you know, what would they be? How would they look? And just to give some data to start the conversation, you know, the rise of RevOps is obvious, right? We have seen a 28% increase in RevOps leadership roles across all industries. We've seen that in banking, we've seen it in healthcare, we're definitely seeing it in, in high tech. And you see a lot of buzzwords out there like a CRO, Chief Revenue Officer is used and you know, we're hearing go-to-market uh, functions being used in, in officer titles and things like that. What are you hearing, but how do we take it beyond the title? I think that's what we really want to dive into today. How do we move beyond the title and actually make this functionally work and deliver a better customer experience? So welcome back, Howard and Karen. Thank you. No, happy to be back and um, great to talk to you both. Um, I think that's an awesome kickoff to a conversation where obviously I come from a marketing perspective, but, you know, I think everything should be centered around the customer. And one of the things, you know, I, of course, we talked about this last time, I'm a huge fan of RevOps and, and I think the alignment of some of these go-to-market functions is critical, but so is not just customer success where the focus is on renewals and upsell and support, but the advocacy and the advisory and increasing adoption. And so I, I think as a marketer, one of the terms I like is, is go-to-market operations to sort of bridge the gap. You know, when, when people, if they're not comfortable with revenue operations, because it's not just about revenue, 
it is about the experience and it is about, you know, creating lifetime value for these customers. And it is about that whole journey. Um, so, so I think, you know, as a marketer, the stuff I focus on is, you know, building a really concrete customer marketing organization that works hand in hand with sales for upsell and renewals and, and everything else works hand in hand with customer success to ensure, you know, that lifetime value, customer experience, net retention, all the things we as SaaS companies care about a lot. And so I think the broadening definition or something that maybe is the umbrella that this all falls under, I think might be this idea of, of go to market. And in the go to market world, you know, the three really important departmental functions are marketing, sales, and customer success. But within marketing, I think the focus on, as I said, the customer marketing, the advocacy piece to build this out, however you're going to measure net retention is really, really critical. I couldn't agree more. I mean, the cross-functional dependency, breaking down the silos is really critical for us. You know, and and Howard, I know you've had a lot of experience with this. You speak to a lot of the leaders in this space. You know, that silo breakdown is is key, right? And it's it's not just a title, as Karen says. It is it's the unification of those functions to really make it work, right? You have to you have to design a process that's end to end that supports that entire customer life cycle, right? It's, it's basically creating an interconnected and seamless workflow across all those integrated systems, data and functions, right? So it's not just sort of the, the, the governance, the, 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 the org structure, it's really creating uh, observable patterns and, and processes to really improve and execute for better outcomes by involving all of those different teams together. So it's important to think about it from the outset. How are we going to create and process design and system that works across all of these functions without that strategy, without thinking about how we're going to intertwine those pieces and truly get economics of scale here? Because you start to realize I don't need an operations person in every single one of these departments. I can have an operations team that has the best interest of the overall organization. And that's where you really start to see the benefit of these models really working together. It's interesting as well, hearing you both talk about this is just earlier today. Uh, I happen to be one of the RevOps leader talking about how to build a matrix designed organization inside there. Mm -hmm. like I'm, and I'm a big fan of, of a matrix design to make RevOps work well. Trouble is, you know, making data work in a matrix design isn't too terribly hard. Even aligning up metrics isn't too terribly hard, but making people line up in a matrix organization is exceptionally hard. <laughs> but, but what I would say there is there are so many discrete skills and responsibilities that are mapped to specific stages of a customer buying journey. And if you can really think in that way, regardless of the traditional commercial function or team, you suddenly find there's all kinds of redundancies and there's gonna be certain gaps in, in supporting the customer buying journey. 
And I, and I think in terms of this, this idea of a matrixed model and how we line people up, that, that's, that's the key to making this, this whole thing actually work really well for everyone. But, you know, Karen and Howard, thoughts on actually getting people to work effectively in that, that matrix design. Like I can tell you it's the right way to go, but it's, it's hard to actually get people to do it. Well, I think the, you know, org structures aside, I think what Howard commented on that sort of dis dissecting of that customer journey and every company's different, you know, you, you create awareness, you ideally create consideration, you, ed you educate people and you move them through a buying process. I think what's really critical, and we did a really, really powerful workshop when I was at Lean Data and our chief customer officer actually led the process, but it was cross-functional. We all sat in a room and we agreed to what are the steps of the buying journey and what's working well in each stage and who's sort of the key stakeholder or ultimately responsible for the experiences that happen along the way. Because a customer experience doesn't just happen at one point in the journey. A customer experience the accumulation of all the touches that happen across sales and services and support and marketing and executive meetings and everything else. And so if you if you can articulate that in a way that lets you look at, okay, regardless of how we're organized, if we all believe that the customer experience is the end goal, you know, then let's organize around that in a way that makes sense culturally for our organization. And as we've talked about, silos is still a problem in a lot of organizations. Culturally, people, I think I said it in the last podcast, sales doesn't want to work for a CRO necessarily, and marketing doesn't want to work for finance. And so you've got you've got all these variables that you you need to map out. But if you can focus on the journey and the end game being creating an ideal customer experience and then aligning your operational structure to support that, I think that's the winning strategy. Spot on. It's funny. When I think about the customer in the center, right? And then everything else flowing from there. Karen, you talk about that customer journey and a lot of times organizations will say, okay, what do we need to get? What do we need to do to move the customer along this journey to get them to our ultimate goal, right? And like it's a sale or it's more upsell or it's better retention. I literally think you go back to, okay, here's the journey. It's really hard to map a journey today because there's 6 million ways to get through a customer journey and it's very individualized. But if you can create that journey or at least an ideal journey, then from there, ask the question, what do we want to provide? What do we want to give the customer? What should they experience in each of these sort of areas as opposed to what do we need to take from the customer to push them along, to get them to that ultimate goal? It's literally taking it from a completely different side and saying, what do we want them to experience? What do they need? 100% Howard, because it's it's not our journey as a vendor, right? It's, it's the customer and they're going to move at their pace. And let's not forget that in a digital economy, customers do most of their awareness, education, and research about a brand before they even get on a phone call with a salesperson. 
uh, or even in some cases download, you know, our content because there's so many ways for them to get great content to learn about the brand. And so it's first and foremost, I think echoing what you were saying, it is truly the customer journey. It's not the vendor's buyer journey. It's the customer journey. And a lot of stuff happens before we have a legitimate conversation with them. And, you know, we have to look at exactly what you stated, which is in all of these stages and companies define journeys in, in multiple different stages, and they're all different. There are unique touches and experiences along the way. And I think each of those can be optimized with operational, you know, techniques and process to move the process faster. And I think that's really one of the key concepts behind revenue ops, which is moving the customer who's going at their own pace through the journey that they choose and being able to monitor, to be able to optimize and be able to make it more effective to shorten a sales cycle, to get them to revenue faster, to create a great experience and keep them a customer for life. And I think that's our responsibility as go-to-market teams is to do that together, whether we're organized as a single team or not. And, you know, I think the companies that are really looking at this from start to finish, understanding that it's the customers in the driver's seat, it's their journey, not ours, but understanding what works for them and how we can tweak it along the way or the companies are going to be ultimately really successful. I'd love to stay there for a moment. Yesterday, I was I was drafting a win-loss interview. So win-loss analysis, the idea of win-loss interview, whether you win the deal or lose the deal, calling the customer and talking them through it. Like what worked for you? What didn't work for you? Where were we helpful? Not just the demo, but literally the process, the you know, the, the content we sent, the conversations we had, the, the timeline, all of that is super helpful. And again, just if you think about, we're, we're talking about the customer and sometimes we forget to literally ask the customer. We just went through the process with them asking them what was helpful, what didn't work, what could we do better so that you can better execute for the next customer and the next prospect. We have them right there. They'd love to tell you what they liked and what they hated about your process. You need to figure out a way to systematize that and really make that part of the organization. So I think part of that go-to-market title or motion is really examining by talking to them, not just staring at data all day long, but literally talking to the other human being, interviewing them, finding that out. It's uh, anyway, I'm, I'm super excited about the idea of interviewing right now. So, well, and, and creating, and I think, you know, I mentioned customer marketing, but creating a means for a community to share that information back with you as a, you know, as a, technology provider because, and that's why I'm such a big fan of customer marketing, not defined strictly as help sales get references for the next deal. Customer marketing to me, when I was at Marketo, we used to call it the AAA. It was advocacy, advisory, and adoption. And I think you have to approach it in that way. So it's not customer successes responsibility they they care i mean they are measured on you know net retention um upsell renewals but i think at the 
through the life cycle that we've been talking about, it's the customer marketing team that brings the advocates into your world, that creates a community, if that's appropriate, that looks at going back to product-led growth. If you do have a freemium product and you want to create early adoption for time to value speed, which we also talked about in the last podcast, that, that's where you do it. It's in the customer marketing function. And most of the time that lives in marketing versus customer success. And I think it's a really strong partnership with customer success, but I think, you know, the combination of creating that experience with, with the advocacy is, is really critical. I love the convergence of what you're talking about. There is as much the, you know, the brand and the pre-building of engagement as well, right? Like it isn't just always, hey, the moment somebody wants to buy something, what's going on? I think it's really, really key there, Karen, what you just said. I'm gonna throw something deliberately provocative at you both though. When I think of RevOps and I think of my past of engaging with CROs, I often used to say to them, as you're thinking about going down this path, you're thinking about your organizations, really, I'm gonna suggest there are three roles and that's it. You have experts that help customers learn. You have experts that help customers buy. You have experts that help support customers. And if you think of those three roles, then put them in three buckets. The first bucket is where I combine my learning experts with my buying experts to actively exchange customer information and do, we're doing that to nurture and also ensure that we aren't being duplicative. Because Karen, to your point, a lot of what goes on in the buying journey is happening, but long before we ever speak with somebody, right? So we got to, that's, that's where we're going to combine those two. My second cohort is going to be my learners with my support folks. And this is because I think to kind of Howard's point earlier, I need to identify certain characteristics. I need to understand certain behaviors of the buyers and what makes a profitable customer and understand how I incorporate all of that into the persona. So when I actually talk with you, it's a purposeful, good conversation, not just going, thank you for downloading this, or would you like to see? My final cohort is where I'm gonna take my buyers and my support experts. And that's where I'm gonna go now, look at how the buying people that really are in tune with what makes that persona buy, how do I get them to participate in customer support engagements to provide the insight to support experts to ensure my post-purchase satisfaction is great because my NRR numbers are just as important as my ARR numbers. So again, my provocative thought to you both is great. We got the title, but underneath the title of the leader, I have people that help customers learn, buy, and support them. What do you think? Hey, I'll let you take this one, Karen, but I, I have no idea what's so provocative about what he just said. So is if that's as provocative as we get, I, we're, we're staying pretty mellow today. <laughs> I think the reason it might be provocative is those functions, education and nurture, the insights from the buyers, the behaviors and personas. I mean, they don't live in any one place in a company. And so- what I would say is what this begs for is a better overall 360 degree view of the customer, which we've talked about for years and very few people have, you know, great insights that look 
across the life cycle and journeys of all their buyers. I think in a perfect world, if RevOps could provide the insights and, you know, and the operational analytics to help stitch some of these things together, kind of tied back to the journey conversation we were talking about, I think that's that's the winning game. Because if, if I, as a go-to-market leader, whether I'm sales, whether I'm marketing, I'm customer success, I want to understand all of those phases. And to Howard's point, how the customer is feeling through that process. And, and that's where, when I think about the learning phase, the education and nurturing, that's where I think communities are so valuable. And the companies doing these, you know, freemiums and ELG kind of strategies kind of have that at their fingertips. You know, they've, they've got a database of great people that have downloaded their product. They can go out to them. They could segment them. They could tap in them for knowledge. They could create a community on the fly to, you know, create discussion groups and things like that. And, and so I think that gets a little bit overlooked and not all companies that have communities, I think with the, the exception being maybe the companies that are very focused on developers are doing a great job of that. And there are certainly other, you know, technologies and products out there that help with these processes like Appendo and those kinds of things on the product side to get those insights in, to do communication directly through the product. So it's not coming from a marketing email. You know, you're in, you're in your product, you're doing the work you do, you're getting that stuff coming back at you. And I think that's super interesting too. So I think what we're doing here is we're connecting RevOps with a much bigger customer life cycle and customer journey opportunity. And I, I love the three, the learn by support, because they're all so critical and so connected. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the provocative thing would be rather than calling it support, can we call it succeed or success? Maybe that's provocative. Um. <laughs> it definitely is. Uh, you know, as always, these things tend to quickly run out of time on us, unfortunately. Um, but Karen, you know, my big takeaway today is RevOps is an outside-in journey. It's not an inside-out journey. Hundred percent. And I would, and I think if you know, we could we could help people understand that. That's the key to where this is going. It's not just about a title. It's not just about functions. It's not just about breaking down silos. It has to be that outside-in journey that is customer-led. Yep. I, I love that. I love that. I love that. Because in the world we live in today, which is not defined as RevOps, marketing ops thinks about marketing performance and how to optimize that. Sales ops thinks about sales operations and how am I measuring, you know, rep efficiency and quotas and, and commissions and things like that. And, and customer success does many of the same things in terms of retention metrics, upsells, cross sells. If, if, if we could think about that outside in tied to the customer experience, mm -hmm. I think RevOps would have such a bigger seat at the table. I, I, I love that thought. Keep up the good fight, Karen. This has been awesome today. Really appreciate it. Yeah. I always enjoy talking to you guys. And um, thank you for inviting me. And, and I, hope, I hope that listeners 
enjoy this conversation because I think it's really important for growth and an amazing customer experience. And I think that's what we're all looking for. And for, for our listeners out there that do find this interesting and want to learn more about how to build that outside-in journey of RevOps, Karen, how do they get a hold of you? How do we connect? Yes, currently I am best reached at Karen at Steel, S-T-E-E-L-E dash alloy, A-L-L-O-Y dot com. Um, that is, and I have a website of a similar name, but I'd be happy to to uh, join any conversations on this and really enjoyed talking with you both as usual. Thanks. And please to our listeners, don't forget to like and subscribe as I'm constantly reminded by our producer. And also don't forget we have our new question answer uh, phone number now. We did our first QA session last week. You can phone in and reach us at 323-540-4777. That's 323-540-4777. Do leave us questions. We'll call you out in future episodes. Do our best to help out those that are interested in this awesome world of RevOps. Karen, Howard, thank you so much and have yourselves a wonderful day. Thank you both. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Take care. Hey, sales strategists. At Revenue.io, we're not just imagining the future of sales, we're building it. We offer the world's most complete platform for revenue teams, and we're featured in the most recent Forrester Waves for both sales engagement and conversation intelligence. With Revenue.io, you can slash call prep time to seconds, guide your reps in real time to have more successful conversations, and after calls, we generate ready-to-send recap emails so sellers can keep deals soaring toward the finish line at light speed. See the future of sales now at Revenue.io.